5: hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah.
3: From Hollywood, it's time now for... 90 Dollar.
4: Leaves the gun. 18 cannoli. Quiet numbskulls, I'm broadcasting.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in old-time radio. This edition of Hollywood 360, it's Broadway Is My Beat, starring Larry Thor. Then it's part one of The Aldrich Family. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey,
6: Carl. Glad to be here, as always.
3: Hey, what's happening in the world of entertainment?
6: Well, the big news of the week is Jimmy Kimmel will be the host of the 2016 Emmy Awards that's this year's Emmys which is a 60. am I up for anything um, I'm gonna keep you posted on that All and right. as the that becomes available to me I'll let you know All which right. categories that you are up oh, this okay. will be the 68th primetime Emmy Awards which will be in September at the Nokia Theater in Los Angeles and Jimmy Kimmel's a great host this uh will be a second time hosting he's the
3: hostess with the mostess.
6: or a host with the most you know I don't know um the first round he was in 2012 he was also on on ABC as a host. Last year, do you remember who the host was? It was on Fox. Um, no. It was Andy Samberg, and okay, the ratings yes. went down quite a bit. The year before <laughs> that was Seth Meyers, and the year before that was Neil Patrick Harris, a personal okay, favorite of mine. Yeah. So, um, we Doogie
3: sh- Hauser. Doogie
6: Hauser MD, right? He'll
3: never, ever escape that, you know? He shouldn't. Being that's, Doogie Howser, MD. You know, that's
6: his claim That was to a fame. really
3: interesting show. I remember watching that as a kid. I did, too. You know?
6: Wait, you were a kid? Yeah, one okay. time. I was
3: hatched, actually, but I was a kid for a while. We
6: were probably watching born. at the same Same time, but we didn't know each other, which is a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so we can look forward to that. And of course, it's not a surprise that he is the host on ABC because Jimmy Kimmel live broadcasts uh, the awards uh, from ABC. All
3: right, very cool. All right, you ready for our first classic radio show? Good detective adventure. This was set in New York City, although it was broadcast out of California, and it stars the deep-voiced Larry Thor as uh, Danny Clover he was the detective uh, in Broadway Is My Beat and this title is Barbara Hunt it's from May 16th, 1953 here's part one now of Broadway Is My Beat
1: Broadway Is My Beat from Times Square to Columbus Circle the gaudiest, the most violent the lonesomest mile in the world
0: Broadway Is My Beat with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover
1: when the rumor gets around that summer is almost here, Broadway is beside itself with glee. Somebody notices the moonlight of May, shouts about it to a girl who whispers about it to another guy, and the word gets round. It drifts cross town, causes phenomena, crew cuts, bare-legged girls with cheeks of tan, and the boy who runs down the street screaming, "I'm in love." It's the time to turn on the dream, cotton candy and carnival time, bleachers and hot dog with everything time. It's happened. It started the lazy days are here again. And where I was, private house converted to upstairs and downstairs apartment, 11 o'clock in the morning time. Policeman on duty, me, in answer to phone call in which the word violence had intruded. Doorway, upstairs apartment. You're the police? Come on in. Boy, you ought to see. You ought to see what's in this joint. Your name Adams? You're the man here? Yeah, is. sure, sure. Now listen. Listen to that. You remember when Whiteman recorded that?
5: Yeah, you know what I was doing then? I... Well, what did you do that for?
1: You called. You said there was an attempted murder here. Yeah, well, I wanted you to observe the kind of joint you're in. That's all. You think that's the only record like it? No, hundreds of them. Whiteman, Helen Kane, Columbo, early Crosby. You got carried away with it and thought to call homicide, huh? Come on. In here. Haven't attempted homicide. She's been shot, hasn't she? No gun around, I look. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Adams, tell me about it. Oh, I wasn't supposed to be here. Oh? No? but downstairs is for rent. The agent said, look at the downstairs apartment, not the upstairs one, as he shook his finger, which is all he had to do. I'm naughty, the curious Adams. You broke in here? Door was open. I wanted in, that's all. You you try to book me for something in that line, I'll just yell mistake, that's all. Got bum directions from the rental agent. Hmm. You know this woman on the bed? Well, if she's the gal in this picture posing with Rudolph Valentino, I'm inclined to think, yeah. Here, hold this picture close to her. You've been busy waiting for me, haven't you, Mr. Adams? Well, I'm also naughty, the fidgety Adams. Lots around here to be fidgety about, huh? Old Harvard pennants, raccoon coat, drawings, junk. I figure this dame had her moments around, uh, 1928, wouldn't you say? And the picture... It's her, all right. About 20 years younger. More? Go on, read the description there. Uh, to... Barbara Hunt, what a wonderful dancer, signed Rudolph Valentino. Go on, read it. You just read it, Mr. Adams. How about the man who sent you to this place? Well, the rental agent, the broker, Mr. Tierney? Uh-huh. I want to talk to him. Sure. here's the same card he gave me. Well, what shall I do now? Stick around for more questioning, Mr. Adams, when technical gets here. Find a chair and sit in it and don't move. Do that for me, will you, Mr. Adams? Silence, then. Languid dance of May sunlight through a world 25 years dead. Gold drift of light across eyelids on twisted contour of mouth of a wounded woman. Mottlings of shadow, scurry of dust across polished surfaces... Swell of drape to sudden flare of May wind. Response to summer and death. The well-preserved relics of a lost era. And the short wait then for today's harvesters of violence. Their arrival, their briefing, and the leaving of them. The ride downtown and west across to Madison. And a building now where real estate brokers live and play the percentages and are helpful in the matter of a mortgage on the old homestead. Powered ascent to the 19th floor. Controls in the hands of a girl who has a bird tattooed on her shoulder. And the office then of John Tierney, real estate broker.
4: Come here, come here quick. Huh? You'll miss it, fella.
1: Miss what, Mr. Tierney?
4: What goes in the office across the street every morning this time right on the nose. (laughs) Cry a little fella, you missed it. (laughs) Every morning on the nose.
1: Now we can talk, Mr. Tierney?
4: Oh, absolutely, fella. You got a thing in mind?
1: A house on East 60th with an upstairs apartment. A woman there named Barbara Hunt.
4: Uh, that's all right. She owns a place. You're interested in a downstairs apartment? I can make you a good deal, fella.
1: Interested? We found her upstairs, wounded. You don't say. She's dying. We're calling it attempted murder.
4: If you're a fella calls it that, then you're a fella who's... That's
1: right. Police. Danny Clover.
4: Pleasure, Mr. Clover. Believe me, a pleasure. She was found there by a
1: man you sent to look at the place. He called it in.
4: Oh, sure, that Mr. Adams. He was interested in a short-term lease on the classy side, rent no object. I figured Mrs. Hunt was just a... The... Hey, I told him, I told that Mr. Adams. Very plain not to enter the upstairs apartment. He wasn't supposed he did, to go... He did, he
1: found a dying woman. Anything you want to tell me about her, Mr. Tierney?
4: Barbara? Very nice person. Very lovely woman. She owned that house? In her own name. Uh, maybe a year ago she came to me to handle it downstairs for her. I figured good deal. Pretty house, very pretty decorated, thoughtful rental price, good deal, I figured. Only it hasn't worked out that way.
1: You'll tell me about it, huh?
4: Well, there've been maybe three broken leases already in the period of a year. Nobody stayed there more than three, four months. From a good deal into a dull headache. Why? You say she's dying. Uh huh. Well, that upstairs apartment that was hers. No tenant was allowed in it, no one except her. She had a key, separate entrance, one of the conditions of the lease. And
1: that's why the tenants didn't stay long, that's what you're trying to say?
4: Well, the lady's dying, you said. I think I better not say anything about Barbara, why people left her house. I think maybe that's a matter better handled by her husband. Look, I... Her husband, Nicky Hunt. I'll give you his address. He'll tell you better why things happened to his wife. Uh-huh, Nicky, not me.
1: Look, I can take you... Yeah,
4: I know, you can take me. And still it won't be me. That's the way it is, Mr. Clover. Goodbye, Mr. Clover.
1: Cop. Look, Mr. Hunt, you don't have to make the pose for me. You did it a couple of minutes ago, and I remembered who you were. Cop.
7: Bad nose. Cop. Every time. They come knocking, they come asking, always
1: every time. Bad news. How else you want me to tell you? Your wife might die. Maybe you know a better way of saying it. Gentler. You were always a gentleman. I remember reading about it.
7: Yeah, there were cops then, too, 20 years ago, 30. Same way of standing like you and talking, looking down at you. Help me get up. Hand me that cane. Here. Now you know what's become of Nick Hunt. Who'd? Would you like to hear how? The... No. After they nearly shot off my leg twenty-two years ago, I sold the story to the newspapers. I got ten g's to tell the public how the gangster's bullets and a woman's true love sent me into retirement. And and you don't want to hear for nothing. <laughs> Hand me that suit coat. You won't need a coat. It's too warm. To... I'm gonna pay a call on my wife. Am I not? I got respect. Should I cry for her on my shirt sleeves? I'm sorry. Hand it, to me. Uh, here, I'll help you with it. All
1: these years... That... All these years
7: with Barbara. With my wife, Barbara. What's happened to the dog who, who almost owned the half of the city?
1: What huh? was your wife doing in that apartment, Nick? She kept young there. I don't understand. Neither do I. But what did you mean when you said she kept... She built the old years around her. That's all. The pictures,
7: the music. You were there. You saw she had a place for her memories. She took time off to slow down and live with them. For days sometimes.
1: And she left you alone these times? I
7: didn't mind. I can get along without crawling. Want me to show you? No. Barbara always came home. Younger. I'm not young. You can imagine.
1: More about your wife, Nick. What about her friends?
7: There's one. One from the old days. Billy. Billy Scott. You ever heard her name? No, no. 1927, you'd have heard it. She lives near here to Glendon Apartments. You talk to her, huh? I'm going to try to talk to my wife. Yes, who
8: is it? Police. You're from the police, and you wish to see me?
1: If you're Mrs. Billy Scott, yes, I... Wonder. Why? Because earlier today, someone tried to kill Barbara Hunt. She's a friend of yours, isn't she, Mrs. Scott?
8: Yes, a friend. Will you come in, please? I am alone here. My husband and my son are traveling this summer in Italy, and and I'm quite alone.
1: Well, Mrs. Scott... I'm but...
8: trying to tell you something. And it has to do with Barbara and with myself. May I proceed, please? Yes. Thank you. You are not to misunderstand my emotion about being alone. I'm a woman of many interests. There's always a charity. and There's always a decent cause. And I welcome the respite my son and my husband give me every year. Gives me the time I need to give myself to the less fortunate.
1: let me put it that way, then. Right now, Barbara Hunt is less fortunate. She's dying. And
8: the time I have proportioned for others have given me little time for Barbara. Much as I may have wished it otherwise has given me little time for Barbara.
1: Her husband told me you were very close friends.
8: Yes, from the short time of youth when there was the girls' school and rumble seats and the football games and the boys with homemade gin and the silver flasks and the weekend speakeasies. Then we were great friends, Barbara and I.
1: You haven't seen very much of her lately, is that what you're trying to say? Well,
8: Barbara went her path. I went mine. I have a fine son and I have a lovely home. And my husband stands very little in my way. And what does Barbara have?
1: Well, Mrs. Scott... What does
8: Barbara have? A man whose name is Nicky. A man who was shot up by gangsters. A man who is an invalid. That Barbara has... And something else.
1: What? Why asked you?
8: I, she has the unswerving belief that youth will never leave her. In the few times I've seen her in the past year, she has said that to me. Not me, Billy, she has said. No body wrinkles for me. And now consider her. She's dying. How? Where?
1: In the upstairs apartment. Of
8: course, there. Where else to Barbara? Please. What? I should like very much to see her may I Barbara and I very old friends and very dear and I think now is the moment to be at her side please may I
5: yeah
1: get your things mrs scott <laughs>
8: And I won't believe this has happened, Mr. Clover. If you know Barbara Hunt, if you this know this is her... a
1: room, Mrs. Scott, in here. Doctor Sinsky.
4: A couple of minutes ago, you say Danny. Yeah. Her husband by the bed. Isn't he Nicky Hunt, the old gangster? Uh-huh. Hmm? Imagine that. Nick. Nicky. Yeah.
7: Yeah. What do you want, Billy?
8: Don't cry. Just don't cry. She wouldn't want you to. Oh,
7: listen, Billy. Uh, look
8: at her. So young. The way she looks, Mickey. She must have died very happy. Young, the way she wanted to. And I mustn't cry either. I envy her so. <laughs>
1: The morning sun strikes summer into Broadway's pavements... and splinters of light attend the early walk of May women... and on them the lingerings of night perfume. So morning, and time to lean against the slow warming stone... light the cigarette, flip the coin... make odds on how promises will run later this day. And wide field of choice, the new entries from out of town... in non-crushable linen and hands in gloves white as the morning... and heels high-stepping... So, clock the rhythms, make the picks, run to a phone and play it across the board. By fall of night, one of them may come in. And at headquarters, the opening event of the day Sergeant Gino Tartaglia. Uh, good morning to you, Gino.
5: And to you, Danny, I like. Uh, uh. If anyone here is keeping you up, Gino, why just. Pull it down to overindulgence. What? One sip too many from that ever-loving joy cup. Two glasses of wine last night, Gino? Whilst trying to recreate a memory. Gino... A memory brought upon me by the incident of the murder of Barbara Hunt.
1: Her dying made
5: Only after the boys in the locker room last evening, before going home, started kicking the item around. How she was found, where she was found. The decorations, the old type gramophone records in her place. Her husband, Nicky Hunt, a hoodlum of yesteryear. And finally, I came up with a contribution.
1: Mm. You want to contribute it to me, too, do you know?
5: Ah, memories, Danny. Memories. The roaring twenties and the weekly supplement articles on the doings of a Barbara and a Billy. Bathtubs filled with champagne. Drunks hanging by the heels of penthouses. Wine and satin slippers, the wail of soprano saxophones. You said
1: Barbara and Billy... The same Barbara. I was
5: going to make a point to go to the Main Branch Public Library, Danny, to research if the same Barbara, also if the same Mrs. Billy Scott. I remember the article Barbara and Billy in large red letters, a high heeled foot peeking out from a bathtub. On my youth, it made such an impression. Anything else? <clears throat> Anything else is a list of three names. Former tenants in the lower apartment of the house of Mrs. Barbara Hunt. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Purdy, a uh, Mr. Ralph Madison, a uh, Jeffrey Sinclair. List obtained by Mugovan from the real estate... muggavin
1: obtained their present addresses, too?
5: No slop shot. He, Danny, here with they are. Thanks.
1: Uh, squad card,
5: you know. Ordered and waiting. Isn't it funny how I remembered all that, eh, Danny! <laughs>
9: Yes?
1: Is this the Purdy residence?
9: I'm Mrs. Purdy. What is it?
1: I'm from the police.
9: Yes? Well, is the trumpet supposed to blow what?
1: It's about Barbara Hunt.
9: You won't mind if I don't invite you in, do you? This is five minutes of sun I didn't expect to get. Let me get some of it, will you? Boy, man, oh, man.
8: Boy.
1: Let me know when you've got enough of it.
9: Never get enough of that stuff.
1: Just say when.
9: Barbara Hunt, huh? That's right. Out of her mind. Oh, I lived downstairs from her, didn't I? I don't know.
1: Well, tell me about it.
9: Vododio do.
1: What?
9: She thought it was still current. Vododio do and boop boop a When I lived under, her, that's all I got. By Rudy Valley yet. One night. Well.
1: Well, what? Oh,
9: she's dead now, you know. You really think I should?
1: Yes, I think you should.
9: Well. Most nights it was quiet because Barbara didn't really live there all the time, just maybe a few nights a month or so. Did
1: you know that? Just tell me about the night oh, you. Oh sure, live... sure.
9: You never heard such noise in all your life—music, loud bang, racket, woo woo, loud. You know. Go on. So I went upstairs and knocked on her door to protest. Wouldn't you? Sure you would if you knew
1: how long. Sure it. I would.
9: She opened the door, and there she was. Huh? There she was. Hair up in bangs, with ribbon, flapper-type dress, rolled-down hose, and lips painted in a bow. Looked about twenty years old.
1: Then what happened?
9: She was alone. Invited me and in, made me go down and get my husband. I did. Then we both told her, "Quiet, shh, no noise, hush, not so loud, quiet." <laughs> she was too loaded to pay any attention. Grabbed my husband. Oh. For a Charleston, Sydney surprised indeed. He did did the thing with the palms crossed over the knees like this. Uh, Mrs. Purdy. Only real good. I had to drag him out of there. Then I went back. Go on. Called your husband. Come get your drunken wife, I told him by phone. He told me to leave his wife alone, let her enjoy herself, and I don't like it, break the lease and move. Which I did. Well, here we are.
1: And not having anything else at all to ask of Mrs. Purdy, leave her. And before the entrance into the squad car, turn briefly and steal one last glance. Mrs. Purdy arms outstretched and upward, appreciating the day, making him to the sun leave.
3: And that's the first portion of Broadway Is My Beat from May 16, 1953, The Case of Barbara Hunt. Starring Larry Thor. We'll get back to that in a moment. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website for this show. It's Hollywood360radio.com. And there is a podcast of this entire four-hour program. Now, here's how it works, folks. This is a syndicated radio show. We're on um, a lot of radio stations, almost uh, like 200 radio stations across the country. And not all of the stations carry the full four hours of this program. And we, of course, want you to listen to the radio station first. But if for any reason they don't carry all four hours or if you miss an hour or if you're on vacation or whatever the case may be, there is a podcast for you on our website, Hollywood360radio.com. There's also what, Lisa? A bonus what? A bonus hour. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. Classic radio. Yeah. We give everyone an extra hour of classic radio at our podcast. And when you do go to the website, there's all kinds of other fun things you can do, like look at thousands of pictures of Lisa Wolf. There's also a store with all kinds of classic radio shows and classic TV shows available to you. And there's our schedule and lots and lots of stuff. So just go to hollywood360radio.com. All right, let's take a break. Then it's more here on the Hollywood 360 Radio Network. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's
4: the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time.
3: Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly.
9: What day is this?
3: Oh, let me see. and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back to Hollywood 360. I'm Carl Amari, your host to my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf, uh, looking uh, very bubbly. Thank you. As always, uh, how are those uh, cans working for you, Lisa, the headphones there?
6: They're feeling bubbly. In Thank the you. business,
3: you call them cans. Well, let's know? just
6: be clear what yeah. you're referring I'm to. I'm referring
3: to the things on your head.
6: Right. Got them. Not any other things. Got it. They're, Promise. They're, they're working well.
3: Promise. Promise. Okay, let's get back now to Broadway is my beat. Cross town now
1: to Riverside Drive and up. Second name on list of Mrs. Hunt's former tenants, Mr. Harvey Madison and his address, and be told by a young lady in Gingham and Mint Julep that Harvey is to the tennis matches, and didn't I think that was crazy? Uh, mean, too. And No, sir, she didn't even know Harvey when he lived at that other place, so she couldn't give any information at all. And take the wilted hand she offers you and replace it on her julep, which somehow made her stumble, made her curtsy, made her wave farewell. Third name now and address, a little further uptown, 93rd Street, Brownstone and Doorknocker of Brass Lion. Hello? It's Danny Clover. Please, come in. Thanks. You're uh, Mr. Madison? Jeffrey Madison. Oh, uh, Mr. Madison? And that I... over there on the windowsill reading the Penny Dreadfell is my brother, Bobby. Twin brother. People, uh, girls have trouble knowing which is which. Uh, Bobby? Uh, Bobby, do
0: something to let Danny Clover know that you know he's here.
1: There. He knows you're here. Oh, but it was, uh, me you wanted to see, wasn't it? Uh huh. You're absolutely certain? Me, not my twin. A while back, you rented an apartment from Barbara Hunt. You're Danny Clover. Mm Mm-hmm. Danny Clover who? Police. That's why you came right out first thing and said Barbara to me. That's why. She's dead. Yes. What about Barbara Hunt? Bubbly. Loads of fun. Forty-ish, but very bubbly. You rented the apartment from her and... Bobby and I. Bobby and you. And you got to know Mrs. Hunt and... And we were often invited to her place upstairs and there... There, what? We'll show you. Bobby, will you put on that record? You know the one I mean, and and do that. Look, uh... you wanted to know what, didn't you? Well, Bobby's going to show you. There. The way Bobby's dancing. That's what they did. Oh, nice, Bobby. <laughs> Very smooth She invited you upstairs so Bobby could dance with her, is that it? Drink bathtub gin in Charleston and Maxie. Bobby's very good at those routines. Why, Barbara often said of him that he was like Valentino, sleek and dangerous. What did you do while your twin was dancing, Why, Barbara even had a pair of gaucho pants made especially for Bobby and a Spanish hat and one of those I asked you something, Jeffrey. You asked what I was doing while Bobby and Barbara danced. You see, my interest hasn't wandered one bit. You gonna tell me? Of course, I dance too With who? For Bobby, gay Barbara For me, an old thing, 45-ish, old and cold A rather dignified specimen of glacial ice Who? She said, Billy Call me Billy Bird, sweetums Which I did, hating myself all the while You can stop dancing, Bobby Danny Clover has to go now
8: Oh, hello, Mr. Clover.
1: Good evening, Mrs. Scott. Can I come in?
8: If you'd like. Now, what do you want? Who is it, Billy? What do you want, Mr. Clover? That was
1: Nicky Hunt's voice, wasn't it?
8: I ask you... Billy,
1: who is it? Let's go in and chat with Nick, shall we? Hello, Nick. What was the big secret, Billy? You could have told me it was Clover. It
8: doesn't concern you, and you're upset, Nick.
7: What are you doing here, Nick? I'm not crying. That's one thing I'm doing here.
8: I brought him home, Mr. Clover. He's the husband of a friend of mine, and she's dead. And this is a man who loved her very much.
7: And I'm not crying. Why? Billy's been talking to me from the hospital on that my wife died happy and my wife died young, so why cry? What are you doing here, Clover?
1: You know about cops, Nick. You remember how they stand, why they pay visits, especially on homicide cases. What's it got to do with Billy? I said, especially on homicide cases, Nick. Billy.
7: What, Nicky? Hey, Billy, you killed Barbara?
8: You think I did, Nick?
7: Well, he thinks so, don't you, Clover? It's a good bet. Clover don't look like the kind of man who bets very often either. You kill her, Billy? Billy, you
8: killed my wife? Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick.
7: Oh, Nick. Billy.
8: You're not going to understand. Well,
7: then you tell me why. You better tell me why.
1: Why'd you do that?
8: I didn't say I did anything, Nick.
1: Then you tell me, Clover. What went on in your wife's apartment, Nick? What you called her memory place. I never asked. Why not?
7: I never asked. She'd come back fine. She'd get moody. She'd go there. She'd come back fine. Always alone.
1: Always alone,
7: wasn't she, Nick? Hey, why are you here, Clover? You didn't expect to find me here. What
1: kind of questions would you ask if you hadn't found me? I'd ask Mrs. Scott about the twins.
7: What are you talking about? About
1: Jeffrey and his twin, Bobby. What about them, Mrs. Scott?
7: Nick, they were Barbara's friends. What difference does that make now? I still want to know why Clover's here.
1: How often were you with Barbara in that place, Mrs. Scott? First. First what?
8: First I want to tell you something about me, about my life.
1: know what you are,
7: Millie? Just
8: listen to me. me. Will you listen? Go on. I married a man who was in stocks and bonds, a very intelligent man, respected. And I have a fine son. My son goes to the same private school that one of our vice presidents went to.
7: Hey, you know what she used to do, Clover? Should I tell Clover you're right, Billy?
8: And I have my charities, and I'm on several committees who do good work.
1: For a girl who really couldn't dance, this was quite a an act. And I'm
8: proud of my stature in the community.
1: And you hated yourself every time you came away from that place. She was crazy. Billy.
8: Your wife was crazy, Nick.
7: Well, you didn't have to kill her.
8: Get me to come up here. And you know about me, Nick, and... And liquor? What happens to me? How I could never refuse a drink? You
1: kept going back there.
8: Oh, just to remember. To remember. But I... I... I keep getting drunk. And... and hating myself for it. Hating myself. I have a fine boy and a husband who is in stocks and bonds. And I have a name in the community.
1: So you killed her. So you killed her, Billy.
7: Yes. Yes.
8: Nick.
1: Oh, she's
7: dead now. It don't matter. Nick.
8: It don't matter. You remember how it was 20, 30 years ago? All the things. I want a drink. Let's go, Mrs. I want a drink. I want a drink. I want a drink. Oh, Nicky. I'm sorry, Nicky. Of course, let's go, Mr. Clover. (laughs)
1: On Broadway, the night bursts open like a sudden flame. The crowd swarm appears, squeezed out from under the earth, roped off by the silhouettes of a thousand buildings. They dance their fury away against the time of morning till the sky soaks up the pain and turns it into dawn. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat.
0: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Lorene Tuttle was heard as Billy and Sheldon Leonard as Nick. Featured in the cast were High Everback, Marion Richmond, and George Neese. Bill Anders speaking. <laughs> And remember, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense, is heard Monday evenings on the CBS Radio Network.
3: And that's a great detective adventure of Broadway Is My Beat from May 16, 1953. Larry Thor, starring in The Barbara Hunt Case, and that was heard on CBS. A good detective series, Broadway's Is My Beat. Very uh, realistic, you know, it uh, really sounded like they were in New York, uh, Times Square, they're solving uh, cases in the great white way, and I hope you enjoyed that. And in just a few minutes, we'll tune into the Aldrich family. I do want to remind all of our listeners that we have a drawing. It's a wonderful drawing, especially if you're a kitty cat lover. We give away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter, and that's a great prize every single month. So all you have to do to enter this drawing is send in what, Lisa?
6: A picture of you and your cat. Send it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. We would love to have your name, your cat's name, your city, and your state. And the end of every month, so the end of March, we will have the CEO. He will pick one lucky winner, and he will provide an entire year supply of the finest kitty litter on the market, Cats
3: Pride. All right, so that's all you have to do. Send in that picture. I'm not going to repeat. I thought what you're you were going to say the whole no, thing I'm not over. Okay. It. Did I do a you good did, job? You did a terrific Great. job. So I'm not going to repeat it. But make sure you do send a picture of you and your cat. And where should you send it to? With your name and your cat's name <laughs> to. And I'm not going to repeat what you said. Okay. To uh, cat's pride photo at gmail.com. Oh, you did it better than I, I know. did. And then those pictures will end up on our Facebook page, our Hollywood 360 Facebook page. So just go to uh, Facebook and search us at Hollywood 360, and then also like us when you're there. We definitely want to build our lives, right?
6: Yep, like us, like us and talk to us. You know what I like? I like classic radio.
3: Yes, and I like the Aldrich family, good family comedy situation, uh, comedy series. And this starred Ezra Stone as uh, Henry Aldridge, and I had uh, I had the pleasure of having dinner with Ezra Stone years and years ago. Jackie Kelk also, who played Homer Brown, and uh, interesting guy. He he uh, was an actor in the as a young he's a youngster on this series, and then as he got older, he got into television directing. He was a big director of TV. Um and Jackie Kelk was uh, the co-star of this. He played Homer Brown. Terrific series. This one's going back to January 6, 1949. It's called Cousin Lionel. Here's Ezra Stone as Henry Aldrich and Jackie Kelk as Homer Brown on the Aldrich family.
1: And now the Jello family presents Henry
2: Henry Aldrich. Coming,
1: mother. It's The Aldridge Family based on characters originated by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer. And now for The Aldridge Family. All the happenings in a typical day of a teenage boy can never be diagrammed. There aren't enough zigzag lines for that. You simply start a day with a boy like Henry Aldridge, cross your fingers, and hope for the best. The scene opens in the school cafeteria. It is noon time.
2: Why don't you like Charlie Clark, Henry? Well, I like him, Nancy. I like him, but... Gee whiz. I thought we were going to have lunch alone.
9: Well, I didn't invite him. He just happened to ask who I was eating with, and I said, just Henry. And my goodness, I couldn't be rude and tell him he wasn't welcome. I know,
2: but... Gee was he ruins my appetite.
9: Henry, you've already had three sandwiches.
2: Sure, but I'm forcing myself. Here you are, Nancy. Here's your milk. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Say, Hank, would you mind moving your chair a little? What for? Well, so I can slip mine in next to Nancy's. Now listen, Charlie Clark. But I just wanted her to take a bite of this sandwich. It's made from a can of patty de foie gras my Uncle Horace sent us. Patty what? Foie gras, foie gras, gee whiz. French chopped liver, Henry. Oh, Boy, Charlie, do you speak a broken French. Is that your Uncle Horace Clark who's in Congress? Sure, and the mayor of a French village gave him six cans of the stuff as a token of how his whole country felt toward my uncle. Gee, Nancy, did you ever hear a story like that in your life? Story? Listen, Henry, have you ever heard of Lewis and Clark? Who? Lewis and Clark, who practically discovered the rest of America. Listen, Charlie, are you trying to make us believe that that Clark was your relative too? Figure it out for yourself, Henry. Figure it out for yourself. Hey, Henry! Oh, gee whiz, it's Willie. Henry, you have to get me out of a spot. (laughs) Willie, can't you see I'm having lunch with Nancy? But all you have to do is tell Mr. Bradley I'm the wrong one to speak in assembly. Willie, you're speaking in assembly? Nancy, I'm just as shocked as you are. How did it happen? I volunteered What? What? How did I know they only paid outside speakers? You expected to get paid? Sure, and if you ask me, they've got no right to discriminate just because I'm a minor So, Henry, wouldn't you be willing to point out to Mr. Bradley that every time I open my mouth, I make a fool of myself? What makes you think he doesn't know already? <laughs> Willie, I can't possibly talk to Mr. Bradley now. But,
9: Henry, if you really have to help Willie out, I don't mind finishing up with Charlie.
2: What? Sure, run along. Oh, no, how rude do you think I am? But, Henry, I can't memorize. I'm sorry, Willie. Say, isn't Cynthia Harris related to Mr. Bradley? I think so. Hey, Cynthia! Willie, I thought you hated the way she popped her gum. I do, but right now I'm desperate. Hi, Cynthia, old okay? King! My goodness, poor Willie. Speaking of memorizing, did I ever tell you about my uncle who had a photographic memory? Listen, Charlie, who are you kidding? Kidding? Henry, did you ever hear of Socrates? I suppose he was a clerk, too. No, but my uncle memorized his complete works at one sitting. Gee, Nancy, did you hear that? Henry, if Charlie said he did, the least we can do is believe him. Oh, well, that's okay, Nancy. He's just jealous. Jealous? Listen, Charlie, it might interest you to know that there were just as many famous Aldridges in history as there were Clarks. Oh, yeah? If not sir. Name one. One? Well, that's okay. That's okay. They're there. You want to bet? Bet? Afraid? How much, Charlie? How much? Fifty dollars. Fifty? Why not make it a million? Okay. Okay, what? A million. It's a deal. Shake. 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 You're a witness, Nancy, and I'll match my Uncle Horace against any Aldrich you can dig up. Your Uncle Horace. Your Uncle Horace. My Uncle Horace. Did you know he delivered one of the longest filibusters on record? My goodness, he did. Well, all I can say is it certainly runs in the family.
4: (laughs)
0: Alice, where's Henry?
2: Why, he went out right after dinner, Sam. Yes? He said there was something in the library he wanted to look up before they closed.
0: He went to the library? Yes, dear. Henry? Yes. My son?
2: Yes, Sam. <laughs> and incidentally, did I tell you I got a letter from your cousin Alan's boy, Lionel?
0: Really? How is he?
2: Fine, and doing very well in his job. And he asked for some pictures of us. Father! My goodness, Henry's back from the library fast.
0: He's probably getting used to it in small doses. <laughs> in here, Henry.
2: Boy, Father, boy, you'd think they'd certainly have a book that's more complete. Who, oh, dear? The Library, Mother, of famous people. The book they had didn't mention a single Aldrich. Dear, we Aldriches live very quietly. Excuse me, Sam, I'm going to drop a line to Lionel.
0: Henry, what's this about famous Aldriches? Well, oh, gee whiz, Charlie Clark's been
2: bragging about his darn family and Father, I have to find a famous Aldridge or I'll lose my bet.
0: Henry, what have I told you about betting?
2: Gee whiz, I couldn't admit in front of Nancy that our entire family was nondescript, could I?
0: Henry, our family's hardly that. Did... did you tell Charlie about your Uncle John? He did something? Your Uncle John won the milking championship of the entire state. He did? Hands down.
2: But... (laughs) Gee, Father, Charlie's Uncle Horace is in Congress. Weren't there any Aldridges who were more, more outstanding?
0: Why, of course, there were many.
2: There were, oh boy, who, Father? Well, there
0: was, uh... There was, um... Yeah? Henry, it isn't important who your ancestors were, it's who you are. That's just it. Who are we? (laughs) What? Gee whiz, there isn't one of us worth talking about. Let me tell you something, Henry. I don't know Nancy. For all I know, she may be a very nice girl. But if she's only interested in you because of your ancestors, then I'd look at her again.
2: I have, Father. Beg your pardon. And she's one of the prettiest girls in the whole school. And, Father, would you mind moving your feet so I could get at the encyclopedia? Hey,
0: Henry! Boy, this is a fine time for Willie to show up. Henry, if he's back selling secondhand Christmas cards, I'm not interested.
2: You know what, Henry, you know what? Cynthia Harris hasn't got a bit of influence with Mr. Bradley.
0: Willie, what's that on your tie? Bubblegum, Mr. Aldridge. I just stood too
2: close to Cynthia when she popped. <laughs> so now I'm stuck with the Charge of the Light Brigade.
0: The Charge of the Light Brigade? That's
2: what I have to recite in assembly. Here, Henry, hold the book while I see how much of the first stanza I've memorized. Willie, I can't. I'm going through Azo. What? Abitazzo, Abitazzo, in the encyclopedia. Willie, don't you think you'd be happier
0: if you memorized at home?
2: I was doing that, but my father decided the acoustics were better over here.
0: You don't say it. Mr. Aldridge, would you hold the book? Oh, Willie, I... I'd be
2: willing to pay you for it, Mr. Aldridge.
0: I don't need money that badly.
2: It'll just take a second here. <clears throat> the Charge of the Light Brigade by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Carefully, carefully, carefully onward. How's
0: that so far, Mr. Aldridge? It's perfect.
2: It is. What comes next? Oh,
0: (laughs) the Valley of...
2: Oh, boy, Father, I found one. Cyrus Aldridge, 1810 to 1875, a well-known general in the
0: Civil War. In the Civil War? Well...
2: Oh, boy, excuse me. Where are you going, Henry? To phone somebody. Oh, in the Valley of... What did you say, Mr.
8: Aldridge? Death. Mm -hmm. Number please. Elm,
2: 424. Elm, 424. Hey, Willie, could you bring that encyclopedia in here, please? But I'm tied up with your father. I can spare you. (laughs) Hello? Hello, Nancy. This is Henry. Who? I can hardly hear you. Henry! Henry Aldridge! Oh! Henry, hold on a second while I see what I can do about
9: all the noise here.
2: Henry, here's your encyclopedia. Thanks, Willie. What else does it say about Cyrus Aldridge? Cyrus Aldridge. 1810 to 1875. A well-known general in the Civil War who gained notoriety at the Battle of Crookers Creek when he fell off his horse and missed the ferry. What? (laughs) From then on... He was laughingly referred to as the general who missed the boat.
3: Oh, boy.
2: Henry, you really want to tell Nancy about that? Hello. Why, hello, Nancy. I'd better go back. I left your father right in the middle of the valley of death. I couldn't hear you. Charlie was playing the piano so loud. Charlie was playing? Yes, a lovely
9: song his aunt wrote. What did you want to tell me, Henry?
2: Why... Well, gee whiz, Nancy, when you come right down to it, it's not a person's... Well, it's not who a person's ancestors were. It's who he is. What? Well, that is... I mean... Well, if you can't take a person for a person, we certainly ought to look at each other again.
9: Well, my goodness, Henry Aldrich, I didn't make any bets about who the Aldriches were. You did. Sure. And I'm
2: certainly sorry you consider me that shallow. Goodbye. But Nancy... Gee whiz Henry, dear, may I have that snapshot of you on your dresser? My snapshot? Well, mother, that's the one with my dog, Smoothie Dear, Smoothie ran away three years ago Sure, but suppose he comes back Well, how will he feel? He finds out I gave away my only picture of him Suppose I ask Lionel to send it back Send it back? Is this Lionel reliable? Henry, he's your own father's cousin's boy Mother, I've somehow lost confidence in our whole family. Well, I think you can trust a man who works for the Royal Canadian Mounted. The Royal Canadian Mounted? Yes, dear. Those guys in the red coats who always bring back their man even if they die first? Mm-hmm.
8: And there's one in our family?
2: Yes. oh boy Will I get my hands on Charlie Clark what for what for mother what for gee whiz he owes me a million dollars
3: and that's the first portion of the Aldridge family from January 6 1949 with cousin Lionel starring Ezra Stone we'll get back to that in our next hour but let's take a break here on the Hollywood 360 radio network
1: more Hollywood 360 after these important
0: messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood
3: 360. All right, Lisa, in our next hour of Hollywood 360, we'll tune in to the conclusion of the Aldridge family. And then Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes, the chairman of the board, stars as Rocky Fortunato in the very first episode of his series, Rocky Fortune. You won't want to miss that. Plus, Lisa and I will banter and have a little fun with the audience and uh, do all kinds of fun stuff, Tease right? each
6: other just yeah, a little bit.
3: Just a little bit in our next hour. So stay with us here on the Hollywood 360 Radio Network.